time for another episode of the Tan and J Man Show here on this uh, steamy Monday night, August 21st. Uh, how many episodes is this now? 353? I see it up there. In the this top is, left, yep, uh, 353, yep. 353 straight Mondays, uh, August 21st. College football starts this weekend with week zero. We'll be talking some SEC. Next week, we'll be talking Big Ten. And then the week after that, we will be doing our NFL preview. So uh, exciting times in the hottest week of the year. Uh, I think uh, here on Thursday, the high is 102 right now. So that's going to be uh, not football weather, but I'm I'm ready for football weather. But at the very least, we will be uh, having some football on our television screens on Saturday. How you doing, IT dog? Doing good, Jay man. Like you said, it's a little warm, so it doesn't like really feel like football weather. But yet, like my body's getting the feeling that football's almost here, and I'm ready to yell at my TV. It's been a yeah. long time. I've had a break since since March. I haven't really yelled at my TV, so. Uh, so it's time, and it, it might start this weekend. If Navy can keep it close, it might start this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think it was Thursday. I took a drive. <clears throat> it was a little on the chillier side here. It was like 71, 70 degrees, something like that. Took a drive to go get some ice cream Thursday night. I'm like, you know what? This just feels like football. Uh, somebody was <clears throat> had a campfire going. You could smell that. Uh, leaves have not started changing yet because, again, it's still August. Uh, but uh, I am I am champing at the bit, chomping at the bit, champing, chomping, chomping, champing. I've heard it both ways. Chomping, chomping uh, for some for some football, and uh, we're about uh, we're about there. Um, trying to figure out some technical difficulties. Looks like we're not live right now on anything. So, um, sending a message real quick. Um, but uh, before, but but uh, do you want to give who the birdie or bogey is sponsored by before I give the question? Birdie or bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. $2 whole smoked wings on Monday night, every Monday night, and $1 off domestic beers. <clears throat> Those smoked wings look delicious. Over the weekend, I tell you what. Brisket burnt end mac and cheese they had on Friday and Saturday. Our house five cheese mac topped with crispy onion rings, brisket ends, jalapenos, and sweet and spicy barbecue. Good Lord, does that look good. Uh, they also had a pesto torbellini. That was last week. We talked about that a little bit. But uh, some good eats there at the Arlington Public House located at 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. Good, good eats indeed. I guess we are live on the ISC Sports Network. I was referring to uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Doesn't seem to be up yet, but I have notified our guy JD, so maybe he will get that fixed momentarily. Hopefully, so. But, uh, anyways, I am going to give you a choice this week for the birdie or bogey. Okay. Do you want a college football related question or an MLB related question? I think both of them are pretty tough. I have a much better chance to get the MLB one. Uh, All right. Because I am the uh, Immaculate Grid Master uh, over here. Uh, rarity scores routinely under 100. So uh, I got 100 in football today. Did you? I, yeah. I haven't done fo- I, I tried football once. Like I, I got one guy. Oh, I tried I, NBA and it was laughable. Oh, brutal. Just laughable. Before uh, along with the transfer portal, they're going to be having college sports on there. So. Oh, yeah. All right, well, we'll go MLB. This one's kind of a long-winded question, so bear with me. you got to kind of pay attention. And this was fed to me from my dad today, so I can't take credit for it. But 12 players have hit 40-plus home runs in at least six seasons. Six are in the Hall of Fame, and five others would be but aren't because of steroids or aren't eligible yet. Albert Pujols, Mm -hmm. for example. Name the player who hit 40-plus home runs at least six times, is currently eligible for the Hall of Fame, but is not in the Hall of Fame. I have a real good guess. Real good guess. Uh, and I feel good about it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pull a damn mutt and say, oh, I got this <laughs> in the bag. I'm going to uh, phone a friend and tell him that I'm going to get the birdie or bogey right. <laughs> just just like the first a million-dollar winner on yeah. um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire called his dad and say, I just want a million yep. dollars. Not doing that tonight, but uh, yep. I, I, I feel pretty confident, which uh, 
which is very rare for one, but it's also a kiss of death. So it could be, but I, yeah, I got a feeling that all of a sudden now that, that you're going to get this one right. But let me go ahead and give you the college football one. Okay. Would have been. Um, let's see. Who is the SEC player who's the all time leader in both passing yards and touchdowns? For a career, huh? For a career and holds them both yards and touchdowns. Was this player, did this player play in our lifetime? I assume so. Yes. Yes. You see, was kind of uh, around the ball and. Um, so that's a tough question. It's probably not Tebow then. I want to say Tebow, but I don't think it is Tebow. Um, man. Um, I'm going to go Tebow, and I think I'm wrong. You are wrong. I, he might have been at one time, but it is Aaron Murray. Really? Georgia? Huh? That makes sense because he was like a four-year starter there. He wasn't even in, on my radar. so that uh, My guess was number two. Can you guess who I guessed? It wasn't Tebow. Um, how recent did this player play? He was in college within the last five years. Um, Tua? I guess Drew Locke. And he's number two in both. <laughs> Drew Locke. Man, what a bum. What a bust. He's backing up Geno right now. Oh, what a terrible organization that took him uh, in the second round. Man. <laughs> Wasn't even close to the worst quarterback they've ever drafted. No, so. not, not even the worst they've drafted in the past six no. or seven years. <laughs> no. No. Nope. That's embarrassing. I, I, That's embarrassing. You kind of forget Missouri's in the SEC. Uh, you do, you, even though they've won the SEC East twice. I remember that. Uh, that wasn't with Drew Locke, though, was it? No, that was uh, that wasn't even with Chase Daniel. That was uh, oh. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine oh, Gabbert, really? uh, at least one year, maybe if not both. Was he? Because Blaine, I'm pretty sure Blaine Gabbert, Michael Sam was their yeah. poster boy of those teams. Hmm. We were in college. When they won back to back, okay, man, it seems seems more recent than that. Believe it or not, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say Missouri doesn't have a shot to ever get back there. Well, Missouri, I don't think it's gonna be very good this year. Very yeah, good this year. Oh yeah, we we're about to do our SEC <laughs> SEC preview. I'm like, I don't. I thought we did SEC last week. Uh, no. Last week was ACC and Notre Dame. If you haven't checked that out. Go back and check that out. But uh, this week we will be talking SEC conference momentarily because it just means more, according to them and their fans. It just means more. Uh, do you want the um, word association first or do you want to do our predictions first? Well, let me educate you real quick. How oh, will we do that? How will we do that? I'll uh, look at uh, sporting events that have happened on this day on August 21st. I'm guessing there's probably going to be a lot, a lot of Olympics on here. Um. Wow. On this day, 1901, Baltimore Orioles pitcher Joe McGidney was suspended from the MLB for punching and spitting on umpire Tom Conley in previous days, 5-2 to two, lost to the Detroit Tigers. Lifetime suspension reduced to 12 days. You know, it it's a, tw- a lifetime suspension, huh? And it was reduced. First. <laughs> um, there was a lot of spitting back in the day, I noticed. Ted Williams was spitting on people. Uh, I don't remember the last time a Major League Baseball player spit on an umpire. I remember Robbie Alomar did it back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. He might be the last guy I can remember. Uh, spitting's kind of gone by the wayside. Well, it's disgusting. Bodily <laughs> it fluids. Disgusting. There's no needs for yeah. bodily fluids like that. I mean, come on. Come on. We're adults. Throw throw some hands. That's better than spitting on somebody. You don't even see that anymore, which is very disappointing. Right. On this day, 1931, Yankee slugger Babe Ruth became the first MLB player to hit 600 career home runs as the Yankees defeated the St. Louis Browns 11-7 to at Sportsman's Park. I saw something. Uh, Bob Barker, you know, former host of Price is Right, uh, he's still alive. Um, he's 99, 99 and a half. 99 and a half years old. Uh, Babe Ruth hit 450 homers after Bob Barker was born. That's he crazy. can still whoop, he can still whoop Adam Sandler though. Yeah, Babe's been dead for seventy five years. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um. 
On his day, 1967, Kansas City utility Ken Harrelson became baseball's first free agent when he's abruptly released by the Athletics. He called team owner Charlie Finley a menace to baseball. Ken Harrelson, uh, like um, former uh, White Sox commentator Ken Harrelson, is that his name? Ken. I don't know what it, I don't know what Hawks' real name is. Ken Harrelson. Yep, that's him. Oh, that's just that's just a joy. That, that makes sense. Yeah. He said uh, this week that uh, this has been the most disappointing and miserable White Sox season in his baseball career. He's seen a lot of bad ones. Yes, he has. On this day in 2004, American super swimmer Michael Phelps won his sixth gold medal of the Athens Olympics, even though he didn't swim in the final of the men's 4 by 100 meter medley relay. Uh, U.S. won in world record three minutes thirty sec, three minutes thirty point sixty eight seconds. Uh, a lot of Olympics, a lot of Olympics, a lot of Olympics. Um, on this day in twenty twenty, Scotty Scheffler made birdie on four of his final five holes to become the twelfth player in PGA Tour history to shoot a fifty nine in the second round of the Northern Trust at TPC Boston. Pretty good. That's a real good round, and and we didn't even mention it uh, a week or two ago. I think it was two weeks ago now. It might have been the week that you and your dad did the podcast. So Bryson DeChambeau on the live on live golf shot fifty eight on a mm-hmm. Sunday round a couple weeks ago um, at a course that the PGA Tour used to hold events at, mm-hmm. Greenbrier in West Virginia. So I don't care who you are, shooting in the 50s, pretty yeah. stupid. Pretty darn stupid. But that's going to do it for the On This Day list this week. Pretty short. Um, but the On This Day list is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting at Mooney Woodcrafts on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your order. So perfect time to get that sign order in for your favorite football team. Football season is finally here. Get your sign ordered. That'll probably have it to you. I don't know what his turnaround time is right now, but he'll have it to you before football season ends. I can at least say that much. All right. Um, Let's go ahead and just jump right into the SEC preview, and then we'll talk word association. I'm going to let my dog out of the room real quick. So uh, fire away there, J-Man. SEC East we're going to do first. Uh, I assume we both have the um, same team uh, there at number one in the SEC East. And I have Georgia. Uh, Quarterback Carson Beck uh, is going to be their starter, of course. They – they lost. Uh, who was who was their starting? Stetson Bennett. Almost Stetson JT, Bennett. Yep. JT Daniels. Uh, yeah, Stetson Bennett. Uh, he was there about ten years, and he won multiple national titles. And I was with the uh, LA Rams. But it sounds like Carson Beck is going to be there. Uh, which, of course, I'm sure he's a former five star guy. Um, just next man up for him. Uh, running back Kendall Milton, who averaged seven point uh, whatever yards per carry last year. Brock Bowers. Um, oh, he's a stud. Yeah, best tight end if you can even call him a tight. He's a he's kind he's kind of a hybrid tight. He's end. He's a utility, receiver, yeah, um, kind of guy. Um, he he will probably be a top ten NFL draft pick, and he probably could have been after his freshman year. Uh, now he's a junior, finally draft eligible, but he's an absolute star. I got a transfer wide receiver Dominic Lovett from Missouri, who had over eight hundred yards last year. They have six players on the SEC preseason first team all defense or all SEC first team defense. Um, so, uh, Kirby smart knows how to coach defense and, um, just keeps putting out players and they have turned into a dynasty there in the sec. Yes, they have. I also have Georgia winning the East. I, I have Georgia spoiler alert, but I have them as one of my playoff teams. I think that was in my, uh, t- one of my 23 bull predictions for 2023. I, I got, I need to go back and make sure I didn't say that. They're uh, winning the national championship, which I might have them anyways, but I want to make sure that wasn't my bull prediction. I know I had them at least making the playoff. But, uh, yeah, you hit on pretty much everything I had on their uh, new office coordinator, Mike Bobo, who was the Colorado State head coach, did not do well out there, but he's going to be the new OC, replacing Todd Munkin, who had been their OC there at Georgia for a little while. Um, they also have a wide receiver transferring from Mississippi State, Ra Ra Thomas, 
who should be a factor, along with Lovett, Dominic Lovett from uh, Missouri. So we're seeing more and more. I, I know we talk about this every week, but not only are we seeing tons of guys in the transfer portal, we're seeing more and more transfer within conference, yeah. which is still taking time for me to get used to. Yeah, I, I was actually going to bring that up because uh, there have been quite a few guys transfer in conference and all the conferences. And, right. Uh, that was something where coaches used to be able to block that. And now um, they they just don't because the optics would look bad. I, I wish they could go back to doing that because that'd make it more I do too. I do too. Um, and, and probably eventually they'll change some rules where it makes it a little more difficult to um, to kind of tra- to transfer at all. Uh, but um, especially within conference, because I don't really like that. Yeah, I think, and, and I'm guessing people go after the people within the conference because they've seen them play more than yep. the guys, you know, they don't play. So it just make, makes sense there. Uh, yeah. Georgia's defense is going to be great again, I yeah. think, um, for the third consecutive year. So, I mean, they are turning into a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they were always kind of that sleeping giant, uh, you kind of, we would call them. I mean, they'd get to SEC championship games and all that. Uh, but it just it felt like they couldn't get over that hump, kind of like Clemson. Uh, you exactly like, who I was gonna say. Yeah. Yep, sleep, sleep, sleeping giant that you always think they're gonna they're really good, but they can never get over that hump. Then yep. they won a few, and then that's kind of that's kind of what happened with Georgia. So I remember growing up, uh, my cousin and me, we'd play a lot of NCAA football dynasties together, and we would take teams. He seemed to always pick a Georgia or a Clemson, a team that was always top fifteen, top twenty, but teams that in our lifetime up to that point never got to the championship game or won it or anything, and now we're seeing those teams get over the hump. I mean, Michigan's close. Michigan's yeah. real close. We yeah, haven't seen them really in our lifetime. They won it in 97, but we were five years old at the time. Um, so now they're getting close. Could they be the next ones to make that leap? Um, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about Michigan next week in our Big yeah. Ten preview. But, uh, yes, we both have the Bulldogs winning the East. Who do you have, number two? I have Tennessee. Um, I do as well. Yeah, Joe Milton, who transferred from Michigan a few years ago, he threw 10 touchdowns and zero interceptions in Hendon Hooker's absence last year. Um, so they're expecting huge things from him. Uh, they're running back Jabari Small. At oh, they're ready to give him They're ready to give him the Heisman Trophy down in Knoxville. Uh, oh, boy. Um, that Yeah, ten, yeah, Tennessee fans, uh, they don't play oh. around with their uh, hyperbole um, whatsoever. No. But, uh, they're mean. Yeah, <laughs> you would know more than I would, or better than I would. That uh, uh, they they are mean. Probably most SEC fan bases are mean, um, but uh, I, I I don't remember Auburn talking that much trash when um, you guys played them. No, it was funny. The night before the game, they're like, oh, it's going to be a good game. And, you know, I don't know why. I was real confident. <laughs> I, maybe because Auburn was 7-5, to five, and then two minutes into the game, I'm like, we're in trouble. <laughs> we're in big trouble. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, Tennessee fans were real confident they were going to smack Purdue a couple years ago. And Purdue was missing George Karloftis, David Bell, a handful of other guys due to COVID, and found a way to pull that. it out in overtime. So, yep. Yeah, but you talked on Joe Milton. Of course, Josh Heupel's done a good job at Tennessee yeah. getting him back to heights they haven't seen since Phil Fulmer. Uh, Brew McCoy and Squirrel White. What a name. Squirrel White are going to be – Two uh, good wide receivers for them. Their defense only gave up 22.8 points per game. So if they can replicate that, they're going to be very good again. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you have number three? I have Kentucky. I have Kentucky four. I almost had them four, but I'm like, you know, I I like Kentucky more than uh, the team I put forth. Um, Of course, they lost Will Levis, uh, but they have transferred Devin Leary from NC State. He did not have a great year last year, and he had some injury issues, but he threw 35 touchdowns in 2021. I was thought of as one of the top quarterbacks in college football heading into the season last year. Uh, They have a transfer running back, Ray Davis, who has over 3,000 career all-purpose yards, so they're expecting huge things out of him. And then Dion Walker on their defense is an absolute beast. Yeah, Ray Davis transferring from Vanderbilt, which uh, just – I mean, Vanderbilt has nothing anyways. We'll talk about them momentarily, but that kills anything Vanderbilt had. Um, And, yeah, yeah, Mark Stoops has done a really good job here at Kentucky. Uh, on a recruiting trail too, uh, they do have a new OC, Liam Cohen, who I think he was on their staff a while back. I don't know if he was coordinator previously, but he was at least on Mark Stoop's staff at one time. So now he's back. Um, their defense was really good last year; only gave up nineteen point two points per game. Um, and I think they returned a decent amount of starters on the defense side of the ball. So, 
Yeah. Um, Kentucky was like thought of like what Kansas has been. Of course, Kansas had that good year last year, uh, but they were kind of thought of as, you know, they're going to go two and 10 every year sort of deal. And uh, yeah, Stoops has done incredible job there. Well, and their trio of wide receivers could probably be stacked up with any trio in the SEC. Taven mm-hmm. Robinson, Baron Brown, and Dane Kay. Um, yeah, everybody talks very highly of those three. So he's done, he's done a really good job turning a, football, a basketball school into a real competitive football school mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I'm guessing your number four picks the same who I had number three. I have South Carolina. I have South Carolina number three. Yeah. Uh, Spencer Radler, obviously the big name there. It didn't work out for him in uh, in Oklahoma, but uh, he had a pretty good year last year, and they're expecting big things. He's, he's more hype than substance in production. Uh, which happens, but uh, they have good wide receiver Antoine Wells, 928 yards last year, transfer wide receiver Eddie Lewis from Memphis, who had over 600 yards. Tonka Hemingway, fantastic name as well, top defender there. Yeah, Descartes, Corin Joyner is a running back. I believe he's only a sophomore. Had a really good freshman campaign for the Gamecocks last year. Shane Beamer's done a pretty good job there. Don't know if the fan base loves him all that much, though, which is weird. Um, because yeah. I mean, besides Spurrier, they haven't, I mean, okay. Lou Holtz was there too. Okay. They have a pretty good lineage of coaches, but usually they're in their tenured years there. Um, they need to improve the OL and their run defense. The run defense was 13th in the SEC last year. So it was not very good, but, uh, yeah, if you remember right, South Carolina lost a heartbreaking bowl game to Notre Dame last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have Florida fifth. I do as well, and I think they're going to be scratching a claw just to make a bowl game. Yeah. Um, they obviously didn't watch a whole lot of Graham Mertz at Wisconsin because uh, he was named the starting quarterback. And out, outside of his one game in the COVID year against a Lovey Smith coached Illinois team, uh, he did not do a whole lot. Uh, he was not very good. He was not very good for them. Uh, but they have two really good running backs that are returning. Montrell Johnson had 10 touchdowns. Trevor Etienne, I assume that's Travis Etienne's brother. Yes, um, I think it is. Had over 700 yards, and uh, they'll they'll be good defensively per usual. Well, they were not good defensively last year. They were not. So, okay. No, they not no. They got a new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong. They fired their previous one. They only have four returning starters on the defense side of the ball, which could be a good thing. Uh, they gave up 28.2 points per game last year. They gave up 175.2 rush yards per game uh-huh. last year. So, got a tighten screws up there. Billy Napier in his second year down there in Gainesville. It will be interesting if they fail to make a bowl how patient they are with him because – Florida has lost a lot of recruiting steam in that state, not just the Florida State or Miami, but the Central Florida as well. Well, into Bama, Georgia. <sighs> sure, LSU, sure. Well, yes, sure. So, I mean, we have the Florida Gators documentary about the Urban Myers coming out tomorrow on Netflix, Can't which wait. I'm really looking forward to watching yeah. that. But it's crazy to think that team was at just there not too long ago, and now they're fighting and scratching to make a bowl. I mean yeah. – uh, but they've, they've whiffed on some coaches. Jim McElwain, even though he got him to the SEC championship twice, they're pretty mediocre under him. And then, um, oh, uh, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen. Yeah, I thought he was going to be great there. He was good at Mississippi State. Um, he just did not do very well there. Yep. Dan Mullen. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, he did not do well there. So, uh, I don't know. Something, something needs to click down there because, uh, you know, and I said this last week. I hate the saying, "X, if X is good, it makes college football better." And I said that last week when talking about um, Florida State. Florida State, thank you. And now I think the same thing could be said for Florida. Mm-hmm. So. I have misery finishing sixth. I have Missouri as well. Uh, Brady Cook, their quarterback, returning through 14 touchdown passes. Uh, Chris Abrams Drain is, I think, a uh, all SEC second team preseason on their defense. Um, yeah, they're they're kind of losing some recruiting steam there as well. Illinois kind of come in um, and been able to sell a better program uh, here for the first time ever um, here the past year or so, and they've gotten some guys from the St. Louis area, East St. Louis, which Illinois really struggled there, and Missouri had kind of had on lock, but um, things have kind of, uh, the tides have kind of changed a little bit. I really wish they'd get that series going again. I always thought that was a fun football series. They they are. Um, okay. I don't know. If it's, I think it's in two years because they have Kansas for two, and then I want to say it's 
misery back again. I know it is coming back as it, I, I think it's more of a home and home than it is an actual, uh, actual series. Tanner's got ghosts in his house. Yeah. Uh, ghost um, name Elway. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I do think it's coming back. Yeah. I, I just always enjoyed watching it, you know, just as a college football fan that had no, no, uh, dog in the fight. I always thought it was a pretty competitive game. Um, I yeah. remember the year Illinois was good in 07, the Rose Bowl. That was a really good game. Start to year, if, if I remember correctly, because Chase Daniel, I think, was on that Missouri yeah, team. I think I think Missouri was ranked second. They 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 were at one time ranked second in the BCS poll. Um, that's when it was Kansas one and Missouri two. Or or the re-seen against Chase Daniel. It was yeah. at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I also have Missouri, though, sixth in the East. Eli Drinkwitz, their coach. New office coordinator, Kirby Moore. We'll see what he can do. Defensively, they were pretty good with Missouri standards last year. Gave it 25.2 points per game. They returned eight of their 11 starters back on defense. So, which, that I mean, if your defense or offense is decent and you return an amount of starters, say seven or eight, at least out of 11, that's pretty good now in the in the world of the of the transfer portal. Yeah. And last, we both have the Vanderbilt Commodores. Yeah, they uh, finished, or they were dead last in the preseason SEC poll. However, they got eight votes to finish first, uh, which shows you the media poll Vanderbilt has down there, which is kind of stupid. Uh, but, yeah, they got eight votes to, to win the SEC. Uh, but their stadium's torn apart. Have you seen that? The end Yeah, zone. it's not going to be. Yeah. And, and, and they play, I believe, this weekend, too. Uh, I think they had a week. They have. They play Hawaii this weekend. They host right. Hawaii, yes. They're 17-point um, favorites over Hawaii. It tells you how bad Hawaii is going to be this year. Um, yeah, it, it looks terrible, and there's no way they're going to have it done in time. Uh, I've, it, I mean, it, it'll be good enough to play because it's not – the field's not torn up or anything, but, like, the end zone is completely – Behind the end zone, I should say, it's completely. Torn yeah, apart. Clark Leah, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name, or Lee. Uh, he's their coach. He he's not. He doesn't shy away from confidence. He's a very confident guy. He's made his presence known at SEC Media Day the last couple of years, saying yeah. like, "We got big dreams to win the SEC championship." I mean, what else are you gonna say? I guess right. as a coach, but maybe that's probably not the most the smartest thing to say. Um, AJ Swan's gonna be their quarterback this year. Like like you mentioned earlier, they lost Ray Davis, running back to Kentucky. Uh, Davis was last. In the conference last year, uh, gave up 39.8 points per game in conference, and they get seven of those 11 starters back. Yeah, they did somehow win five games last year, so they're right on the cusp of being bowl eligible. But uh, which is a big, big deal for them. I mean, yeah. they've never really been that good. Uh, I forget what year Purdue will eventually go there because they had a home and home, and Purdue hosted them in 2019. Within the next seven years, Purdue goes there sometime. I don't know what year that is. I might have to look it up. Why? Uh, maybe maybe for next week. So, but the, yes, that is the SEC East. Let's switch over to the SEC West. Who do you have as the SEC West champion? I have Alabama. Um, I have the Crimson Tide as well. Yeah, Jalen Milrow. He he played quite a bit when uh, Bryce Young was out. Uh, he, he had some electric moments running. It's the a ball. big dude. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's fast. Uh, I don't don't know how well he's going to throw it. But uh, will he be the starter? I think so. That's who uh, the projected depth chart I saw, which was from like a week ago, had him as it the starter. But I don't think they've actually announced it. Ohio State hasn't announced a starter yet either. Um, but um, I assume Milrose is going to start, but he might not. Who knows? Well, they have uh, Tyler Buckner, yes, transfer from Notre Dame, Notre Dame. and new yeah. office coordinator Tommy Reese coming from Notre Dame. So there's sort of some familiarity there. They also have a young guy named Ty Simpson, who's mm-hmm. probably going to be in the mix, but it'll probably be third string. Uh, but no Bama, they might have some packages for him too. So yeah. Nick Saban led team. I don't know what else there is to say. They have talent all over the place. They have depth all over the place. They're going to be good. It's just, are they going to be good enough to win the SEC as a whole? Yeah. Can they beat Georgia? And my answer is no. I still think Georgia wins the SEC over, over Alabama. Um, they have seven guys on defense on the three all SEC teams. Uh, their best offensive players, probably their tackle, JC Latham, who was first team, uh, Preseason All SEC, and they do host LSU, which will be a big game in regards to who comes out of the SEC mm-hmm. West. Yeah. Speaking of LSU, they're my number two. They are also my number two. Uh, Jaden Daniels is the preseason first team All SEC quarterback. Uh, Twenty-eight total touchdowns last year. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty good. He'll be a Heisman hopeful for sure. Heisman contender. Uh, Brian Kelly. We don't like the guy. We've been on record. I don't know too many people who like the guy, but he can flat out coach football. 
I don't dislike him as much now. I will say that. I guess I don't as much, but he's still one of my top least favorite coaches in college football. <laughs> yeah. And I'm. I think a lot of Notre Dame fans will agree with us now. Um, but and he did just just team drum my team into the ground by 108 points in a bowl game that didn't even really matter. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I mean Purdue was starting Austin Burton and a bunch of third strainers <laughs> out there really because yeah. they had a bunch of guys declare for the NFL, and yeah, it was just a drumming in the Citrus Bowl. <laughs> no head coach. Brian Brown was the head coach. The whole staff oh, was leaving. Right. The whole staff was leaving. It was just a joke. It was a joke, and that's putting it mildly. Well, yeah, I want to call it something else, but I don't want the FCC to get mad at us. So, uh, Noah Kane, running back's back. He had 10 yeah. touchdowns. Defense is loaded, uh, as it usually is. They have yeah, three they, guys yeah. on the all-SEC first team. Yeah, they only gave up 22.5 points per game last year, and their defense line should be even better than it was last year. Uh I know. I think they're preseason ranked fifth, which might be a little high. I w- I was thinking more around ten, but um, they'll be good. They'll be in the mix, and like I said, whoever comes out on top of that game in Tuscaloosa, which last year in Baton Rouge it was LSU over Alabama, will probably uh, representing the uh, representing the West, which LSU did represent the West last year, but Georgia knocked the tar out of them in the SEC championship. So. Yep. I have Mississippi in my third slot. I have Ole Miss number four. Uh, Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, their quarterback returns. He threw 20 touchdowns, and he ran for 614 yards last year. Uh, they have an absolute stud, true sophomore running back, Quinshawn Judkiss. He had 1,567 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns as a true freshman uh, running back last year. Transfer wide receiver Zakari Franklin, Tore Illinois up two years ago when he was with uh, Texas San Antonio. Mm-hmm. He had 12 touchdowns in 21, 15 touchdowns last year for San Antonio. And they also have transfer wide receiver Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech who had 10 touchdowns as yeah. well. They're going to score some points. Yeah, it's interesting. They're going out outside of the Power Five and grabbing some absolute studs. Um, that's what I think the transfer portal and NIL will do for you. If you do it correctly, you go get the guys – that are ripping it up in the non-power five leagues, say, hey, come to us. You'll get on the field. You'll play in front of 90,000. You'll make more money, yada, yada, yada. So Ole Miss is doing it right down there, hotty toddy um, in Oxford, Lane Kiffin. Started off 7-0 and last year, but stumbled and finished 1-5 and mm-hmm. after that hot start. It is interesting. Jackson Dart, I believe, will start, but he has competition. Uh, Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. Yes. transferred there so who i thought did a pretty good job at oklahoma state so um they should be in good shape uh, qb1 and two there who do you have finishing third i got the texas a&m aggies i have them fourth um yeah coming off a horribly disappointing five and seven year last year jimbo Honestly fisher overhyped. is the highest paid coach in college football they're back in the top 25 for some reason the preseason probably because of recruiting class so recruiting classes are always good every year yeah. Um, he's got a new OC, good old Bobby Petrino. <laughs> is back in college football. Uh, slimy, slimy, slimy. Um, Connor Wignum is returning as their quarterback. They got a good, pretty yeah, good true freshman year. Yeah, and he's got a good uh, a core of wide receivers. Uh, Inanis Smith, Evan Stewart, and Moose and Muhammad the third. Oh, that makes feel. Or old. Moose Muhammad. I'm guessing it's Moose said, but it's Moose Muhammad the third are the wide old. receivers. Um, they also got Ruben Owens, who's a five star incoming freshman that's supposed to be starting at running back. Well, so that's always exciting because though in the age of the transfer portal, we don't see these instant um, dynamic freshmen, it's yeah. instant results freshmen anymore so much. But uh, defense has to get better. They are fifteenth against the run. Um, but they only gave up 21.2 points per game. So their pass defense was really good last year. It's just on the rush defense was not good at all. So I have our Kansas finishing fifth. I do as well. Sam Pittman and the boys down there. Yeah. Fayetteville. KJ Jefferson, 33 total touchdowns. He's back. a beast. Yeah. Raheem Sanders, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Nine of their projected starters have transferred in, however, so it's kind of hard to project them. Uh, in the SEC West. Yeah, Raheem Sanders has a nickname Rocket. Rocket Sanders, which is That's a pretty cool. good nickname for any offensive skill position, especially a running back. New offensive coordinator is 
Dan Inos, I believe is how he mm-hmm. pronounced his name. And they have a new defense coordinator, Travis Williams, because that defense gave up 30.6 points per game last year. They have 10 new players on the defense side of the ball. I have Hugh Freeze's Auburn Tigers finishing sixth. I got Zach Arnett's Mississippi State, so I have Hugh Freeze seventh. But we'll 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 talk about Auburn first. Yeah. Uh, Twelve of their projected starters are transfers. Yeah, uh, they have tons of transfers, including quarterback Peyton Thorne from Mich- uh, Michigan State. Which, which somehow I missed that until doing my research. I completely forgot about it until I saw him as the projected starter. Um, Hugh Freeze. He, he wasn't gone very long for uh, kind of his uh, indiscretions there at Ole Miss. But, Did uh, a good job at Liberty. but uh, Great job at Liberty, yeah. If, if there was an SEC school who would hire Hugh Freeze, it would be Auburn. Yeah. Uh, Auburn could not care less about morality. They, they want to win football games, and it's been a minute since they've uh, been really good. So um, it's, it's an interesting fit. Could go very poorly there or very, very well there. Yeah, you know, uh, across a lot of these SEC teams, I'm, I'm saying have to improve their defense, have to improve their defense. Auburn, they need to improve both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Their offense last year only scored 24.8 points per game. You're not going to win a lot of games, especially in the SEC, scoring only 24 points per game. Uh, new defensive coordinator is Ron Roberts. They gave up 172.7 yards on the ground per game. So, yeah. yeah. Not a recipe for success. No, nope. But uh, I have number six. You have finishing last Mississippi State Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, Mike Leach, of course, passed away uh, last December, right before the bowl game against Illinois. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of system they run. I assume they'll kind of keep the same air raid, um, may, maybe mix it up a little bit more than Mike Leach would have. Uh, but their quarterback, Will Rogers, returns. He threw 35 touchdowns last year. Uh, the defense was really good. Uh, which is not something that uh, Mississippi State or a Mike Leach coach team uh, usually doesn't have a great defense because they score so many points. But uh, they they were very solid last year. Yeah, um, that's that, that's the reason why I have them one spot ahead of Auburn. I mean, they got new new offense coordinator Kevin Barbe, who is been on record. He's got to change their offense up a little bit, but it's still probably going to be kind of air raid heavy this year with just because of Will Rogers. He's probably one of the better returning quarterbacks in the country, and nobody's mm-hmm. talking about him. Put up some really good stats last year, and the defense, like you said, was really good last year. Gave up twenty three point one points per game, and they return a lot of starters. They might return the most starters in the SEC mm-hmm. out of any team. So there's a lot of familiarity there. It's just they're they're on the they're in the tough part of the SEC, and their schedule's real tough even outside of that. So that's why. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if they they make a bowl game, but still finish sixth in the SEC West. Yeah, uh, as far as like bowl teams go, there's 14 teams. I think we see maybe 11. I, I I don't think Vanderbilt will get there. I think everyone in the SEC West has a chance, um, and a majority of the teams in the East as well, depending on their non-conference schedule. So uh, it just means more, of course. Uh, so they'll uh, they'll likely put a lot of teams in bowl games. I'll go 10. 10 make a bowl, and if Florida can scratch their way, they'll be 11. I think I think you get six. In the West, excluding Auburn, and Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky in the East, maybe Florida. I think Missouri and Vanderbilt are yeah, outside looking in. I agree. Yeah. So you, I assume you have Georgia winning the uh, SEC championship. Yes, I have Georgia. I have they, they will be one of my four playoff teams. I'll save my other three for next week. That works. Uh, we're association time. I just took a random NFL player from each um, SEC team and uh, put them on here. I, I I tried not to have guys we talk about a lot. Uh, the Vanderbilt one is really tough because they haven't put out too many good pros. But uh, besides one we talked about sometimes. quite a bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joe Namath, Alabama. <laughs> uh, overrated in oh, my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I know the game was different back then, but. He won Super Bowl three. That's what got him into the Hall of Fame, and he played for the New York Jets. And you know, there's that famous video of him running off the field with the one point up in the air. But <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately remember more for the Susie Cole bear. Yeah. I want to kiss you. Yeah. Oh, that was just awkward and, and weird. So. Yeah. Through through more interceptions and touchdowns in his career, he, he was a big personality. I mean, he wore the fur coats. He had a penthouse on uh, on the bay in Fort Lauderdale there. So he he was pretty. Uh, he was a uh, that's that's why I call him Broadway Joe. Um, to be honest, because he was this big personality, and uh, that's ultimately what got him in yep. to the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. So, 
Stevie Atwater, Arkansas. Oh, Steve Atwater. Um, I forgot he went to Kansas, to be honest. Uh, Denver Bronco Hall of Famer, or number 27. Um, he uh, played on one of their Super Bowl teams, not their boat, not their second one. He was a Jet by that time, but uh, he liked to lay the lumber and give some people concussions, even himself concussions back before we knew the severity of concussions. He even did that to uh, one of his teammates, I can't remember who it was, in Super Bowl 32 against the Packers towards the end of the game. Uh, before the game was, he tried to just deplete a guy and friendly fire knocked uh, himself and his teammate out. But uh, he could lay the wood, and he uh, still does coverage for the Denver Broncos today. And I just seems like a really positive, nice guy. I like to listen to him. Um, sorry, uh, the Cubs are playing right now. Oh, was, you're fine. It, it was it was Javi's first at bat against the Cubs since they traded him. So I was sorry. Um, and he he, he struck out. Oh well, imagine that. <laughs> uh, Kevin Green, Auburn. Kevin Green, uh, I, I presume this is the same Kevin Green that played for the Steelers and the Panthers. Yep. Um, he also, because uh, I'm a wrestling nerd, he also did a few matches in WCW when that was a company in the 90s. You are Because uh, wrestling back then, they took athletes and stuff, like anybody who was in the media, mm. they, they took them in Rodman, Malone, whatever. But yeah, Kevin Green was a mean, mean man on the field. He was uh, also, I believe, a staple on Pros versus Joes, if, he I, if was. I remember correctly. He and John Rocker. Uh, I think I I think Kevin Green was actually a really nice guy off the field. Unfortunately, he passed away mm. a couple years ago. But uh, yeah, really good player for the Steelers, and then was decent for the Panthers. Shane Leckler, Texas A and M. Shane Leckler, that's the punter, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, why? Why you is have to talk about punters? I was like, why is that name like? It sounds familiar, <laughs> but uh, he he punted for a long, long time yeah. in the league. Was a Raider. For a long, long time, him and Sebastian Janikowski. I I know Al Davis took Janikowski like stupid early. Like it was a first, he was a first round. Pick. Was he a first rounder? Yeah. And I think Leckler was pretty early too. For a yeah, Leckler was second or third round. I want. That's to embarrassing, say, but uh, pretty embarrassing. But uh, yeah, that's about the nicest thing I'm going to say about a Raider. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton, Georgia. Fran, maybe the the first. Quarterback in the NFL that was really good uh, being a mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he holds some uh, – most of his records have got broke now, but he's on top five lists in a lot of rushing categories for quarterbacks still to this day. Yeah. And that was back when quarterbacks definitely didn't run at all. Um, yeah, great athlete for uh, Minnesota Vikings, even though those teams were more known for the purple people eaters. Um, but, yeah, I did not know where he went to school. So Reggie White, Tennessee. Another guy who uh, ended up playing in his career with the Panthers, but of course was a household name for the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Reverend. Another guy gone too soon. Greatest pass rusher of all time. Yeah, I mean, got a huge contract in free agency um, when he signed from the Eagles from the Eagles to the Packers. I forgot about the Eagles days too. Oh, yeah. he's, he's probably more notably probably for the Eagles than he is. I don't know. That's maybe a toss up there. Cause he won a Super Bowl with the Packers, got the big money with the Packers, but he's pretty darn good with the Eagles and then uh, finished his career in Carolina. But uh, yeah, um, bonafide. I mean, hall of famer. He's been in the hall of fame for years. Really, really good. Stefan Gilmore, South Carolina. Stefan Gilmore. Um, sorry. I was laughing about a tweet that came across my phone. Um, yeah. He's been a, I, I I forgot he was at South Carolina. Like that, that's why I'm enjoying this list because it's bringing back. Like yeah. SEC produces so many pros, it's hard to keep them all straight of who went where. And uh, he's been a staple quarterback for many years. Um, I don't. Where's he at now? He's not in Indy still, right? Didn't they get rid of him? Uh, yeah. Dallas. That sounds right. That sounds right, but he did real good with Buffalo and the Patriots. Patriots and Buffalo for many years. Um, Dreadlocks. Um, He is with the, yeah, Dallas Cowboys. Good poll. So, see what he does down there in Jerry's world. Patrick Willis, Ole Miss. He was a stud. Stud for the Rebels, stud for the Niners. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Didn't he break his arm play with a cast? Yeah, he he had the club. He yeah. and uh, they, the Niners had a uh, Navarro Bowman. They both yep. played with clubs in the same game. They were tough. Yeah, yeah. He was a stud at Ole Miss when they were. I mean, Ole Miss has always been 
good, but not mm-hmm. great. Um, and he was kind of the first big time defensive player I remember during since I've liked college football coming from Ole Miss yeah. into the pros. Uh, besides Eli Manning, Eli Manning was first defense. I said, Oh, defense. sorry, I didn't hear you say defense. Uh, Randall Cobb, Kentucky. Randall Cobb, uh, Packer forever. Uh, is he a Jet now? If not, yeah, Rogers won to make him a Jet. Yeah. Rogers, he goes where Rogers goes. Which hey, if you can ride those coattails and and uh, cash checks, go for it. Uh, yeah. Good for you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he was really good at Kentucky. Um, Kentucky, uh, Kentucky's produced a decent amount of wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a lot of them have lasted in the league like Randall Cobb, but some of them got a cup of coffee here or there. Uh, um, yeah, he's not been good outside of Green Bay, though. Yeah. Fletcher Cox, Mississippi State. Man, you see, when I think of Mississippi State, I just constantly think of Dak Prescott and all these mm-hmm. other offensive talents, not defense. So uh, uh, Fletcher Cox, yeah, he's been a li- uh, lineman now for probably a decade or so in the league. Yeah, he's – he he's he might be a Hall of Famer when it's all said. And yeah, done, yeah, he's had a real good career. Good yeah. guy to fill the gap, run stopper, um, but can be a good pass rusher too. So kind of yeah. all around a good defensive lineman. Chris Collinsworth, Florida. Oh, oh the slide, and he has got <laughs> he, better for me over the years. I used to not stand him. He's got better for me. He was a decent wide receiver for the Bengals um, back in the day. Um, his his son is atrocious. Doing Notre Dame games. His son is not good. Um, but, uh, classic nepotism there. But you don't you don't hear Chris talk about Florida too much on no, the broadcast. No, you don't. But, but yeah, Kellen Winslow, senior misery. Oh, senior. Yes, junior was a heck of a player in his own right for the the U before he hurt himself in motorcycle accident after he's a Brown for a little while. But senior was a good Charger, uh, one of their better players in franchise history. Where did you say he went to Missouri? Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. Um, so that would have been back in the Big 12 days or Big 8 days. I don't know. Let's try the Big 8. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Seven, Were they part yeah. of the Big 8? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know play. either. It but Didn't look that far into it, to be honest. Yeah. But you, Missouri, you think of quarterbacks usually with their history. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was a heck of a tight end. Kind of one of those. He'd fit in well with today's game, too. Two more here, Jay Cutler, Vanderbilt. He was literally the only guy I think you'd ever heard that you would have heard of that I could even thrown on this list. Don't that's care. How bad it, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's how bad it was. Gunslinger, had all the talent in the world, not a lot between the years. Head case in, in Denver. Um, well, like, eh, not really. I was more McDaniels than him. But uh, then in Chicago, did some winning. But when it mattered most in the NFC Championship game, he got a little banged up and he didn't want to fight through it. And Caleb Haney. Tried his best. A, a little banged up with a torn ACL. Yes, a uh, little banged up. I'm, I'm putting that out there. When 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 Philip Rivers, and I don't like to talk good about Philip Rivers, can play on a torn ACL in the AFC Championship game, he could have went out there and tried to get it out, but I get it. Yeah. Who am I to say? I, I don't play with a hangnail. You, so. you had to get... A uh, You had to get a cortisone shot in your I shoulder because you had uh, tendinitis. Couple years ago, at yep. twenty-eight years old, twenty-seven years old. Yeah, whatever it was, and thank God I hadn't come back since. Man, that was painful. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night and tears rolling down my face. Couldn't move my shoulder more than that. Uh, uh, yeah, try to gut out. That's a that's why I said I wouldn't play with a hay nail. <laughs> did you not just hear me say that? I did, so I didn't hear you say yes, that. Yes, but I am not a Jay Cutler fan. But he was a heck uh, of a talent. Last one here, Patrick Peterson, LSU. Still going strong today in the league. Uh, been a good defensive back for years for the for the Cardinals and a return man. Played in Minnesota. I don't know where he is right now off the top of my head. Um, he's still in Minnesota. But, uh, yeah, he's he's getting up there in age for defensive backs now. But uh, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But He's a Pittsburgh Steeler. Yeah, see, missed that one. But uh, yeah. don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he's a darn good NFL yeah. player. Yeah, I agree. And that was a good word association list, which is brought to you by Like It Is Every Week. Perform a print to promo group if you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting. Perform a print to promo group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, so you need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. And before we get into talking baseball, it is quote unquote week zero of college football. So we got some games going on this weekend. 
most of them are not going to be good games. Most of them are games we don't care about. But there is one that will have you and I's attention. And that is played over in Dublin. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish are taking on the uh, Navy Midshipmen. And Notre Dame is a 20.5 point favorite. That game is at 2.30 on NBC. Who's your pick, J-Man? This will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. Um, I think Notre Dame wins by 35 or more. Uh, 20 seems low. Sam Hartman, as we talked about last week, uh, is Notre Dame's quarterback. Best quarterback they've had probably this decade. Well, obviously this decade, but within the past decade, um, talent-wise. Anyway. Better than Ian Book? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the only um, one I can think of in the NFL right now. So. Yeah, he's one of the worst NFL quarterbacks I've ever seen. So um, I think literally his first NFL pass was taken back to the house by Nick Needham of the Dolphins on a Monday night a couple years ago. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Notre Dame by 35 plus. Uh, J-Man's Booker Purdue of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for Life Home Auto Business. Renters, workers, comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. And Travis is a big Notre Dame football fan himself, so he'll be happy that you uh, made your book at Prediction of the Week this Last week time involving, involving Notre Dame. But, uh, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins and covers. I'll give them a 24-point win. Uh, but Navy jumps out to a 7-0 lead, and Notre Dame fans start <laughs> to sweat true. it out to start the yeah. year, and then then they put it on them pretty good. So I think I think the Marcus Freeman uh, – Marcus Freeman's second season starts off a little better than a year one did when they lost Ohio State and Marshall, and he thought the world was coming to an end in South Bend. In Dublin, doesn't sound as good as in London. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Does not roll off the top. Doesn't hit the same. Doesn't hit the same. But speaking of hitting, your Chicago Cubs have been doing a little hitting lately. Yeah, they are currently up 3-0 in the third inning against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, As I said, it was Javi's first at-bat back or against the Cubs since he was traded. And um, because of that, I uh, saw on Twitter um, the four guys they let go, three of them at the trade deadline two years ago, and how they're doing now. Javi is hitting 223 with a 266 on base, a 326 slugging, eight homers. Uh, he has been worth one war, mainly because um, he's really good defensively still. Uh, Tony Rizzo, 244, 328, 378, 12 homers. He's been a below average hitter. And a lot of that was in the early part of the season. A lot of that was in April and early May until he had the concussion that he decided to play through. Kyle Schwarber is hitting 182 this Ugh. year. Um, he has hit 32 homers, though, and he's gotten on base at an above average clip. So uh, terrible defensively out there. Uh, and then Chris Bryant can't stay healthy. He's been one of the worst uh, offensive players. Uh, not one of the worst. He, he has, he's been a bad offensive player. Uh, this year in Colorado, he's 15% below league average hitter, has eight homers, slugging 379. Are, and I know he struggled with his health, but are you surprised he struggled as much as he has the last two years offensively out in Colorado? Significantly so. Um, something was a miss there, uh, and that's why the Cubs kind of let him go. He has not been as good since probably his third year. Uh, obviously won Rookie of the Year, then he won MVP, and then he was really good in 2017 too, uh, but people don't talk about that as much, and then he just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, and it's really he, – he is one of those guys that cannot play through injury because his swing is so mechanical. Everything has to be perfect. He has to feel perfect in order for it to go well. And if, if he has a little ding, he's not going to be able to play, and that is uh, turned into, unfortunately, one of the worst contracts uh, in recent memory in baseball. Um, Glad Bryant got paid, but uh, and I, I wish he would have had a little success out there. As much as I hate the Colorado Rockies now because of you, um, it's another bad uh, jersey purchase of me. Yeah, you you, you did it to uh, just to, to get spite on you. My nerves a little bit. And I was going to do a Rizzo one, and then I just never got around to do it. And now the, I don't. The, the Rizzo one would have hurt significantly more than the Chris Bryant one. Uh, I, I I was it was sad. I was sad to see Bryant go, but it, at the same time, I knew it was probably the right time to do yeah. it well um, it's interesting but, to me as a guy from the outside looking in as a guy who's not a cup fan that you look at all those core guys and and arguably the one that's done the best is one they got rid of beforehand in, in solaire yeah yeah it is uh they traded him for wade davis wade davis had one really good year uh as closer with the cubs but yeah solaire has like a 49 homer season with the royals he's been pretty good with the marlins mm-hmm 
Uh, he was the one guy when he came up, I thought he had the least probability to, bu- to be a bust and he was not that good with the Cubs. Right. Um, and so they shipped him off, but, uh, yeah, so Lair was, is kind of the guy. Um, but, uh, and then you'll never know with Addison Russell. So no, yeah, which I'm okay with. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cubs, uh, had a, in my opinion, a disappointing week, they went three and two, which on the surface is fine, but you face, uh, the team, two teams with, uh, two of the worst three records in the American league and still lose twice. I know it's baseball and the Royals were kind of pesky, but, uh, it was, it, it was just kind of an annoying week. I didn't think they played that well, uh, but they got by on town alone. And, you know, they didn't gain really. I think they gained a half game on the Brewers, but the Brewers would go into Texas and sweep the Rangers. Did not see that coming. But they did gain some ground uh, in the wild card race. They're a game up on the Reds, Marlins, and Diamondbacks. And they're only a half game behind the Giants for that uh, second slot. So uh, they're still uh, very good shape. Uh, they have three against the Tigers and then four against the Pirates. So hopefully they can gain some more ground against these two uh, below average teams. Uh, I think the Tigers are a little better than uh, their record says, but uh, you are who your record says. Um, so. I can I can hear it in your voice is interesting because for months now you've been really looking forward to football, and I still think you are looking forward to football because very much, especially because so. your Dolphins should be good. But at the same time, I can hear in your voice you are still pumped to be caring about baseball yes. in the la- latter part of August. So I was very upset when they lost on Tuesday night uh, to the Chicago White Sox. Couldn't tell on Twitter. Could not play. I, I haven't tweeted nearly as much. You as haven't been. You have that. not. You have not. Um, yeah. But I, I was pretty negative on Tuesday and, and, and I'm laying there in bed. I'm like, man, it feels really good to feel this, <laughs> this upset again. Cause it's, it's been a few years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, they're still, uh, they're in real good shape. Um, and hopefully they can take advantage of the week schedule. They do have next week's schedules. Brutal. They have the uh, Brewers for three at home. I think it's next week. Brewers for three, and then they have the Reds for four. So it could be a make-or-break week, which is why they need to take care of uh, these teams this week uh, and not look too far ahead because they need to kind of give themselves a little bit of a cushion. But uh, elsewhere around baseball, uh, did you see what Julio Rodriguez for the Mariners did this past did. Uh, week? He had a four-game stretch where he had 17 hits. Yeah. Um, also in that four game stretch, uh, the New York Yankees had 17 hits as a team. Eh, we're not talking about that. Um, and the Yankees are one of the worst teams in baseball. They, they have yeah, lower really playoff bad. odds than the Washington nationals. Now, um, uh, Aaron Boone better be looking for a different job. Yeah. They, they, we talked about it last week. They, they need to think about they, tearing they, it down. A they won't, bit. but they need um, to, they won't. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think there was an eight game losing streak and they're the only team since 95 to not have an eight game oh. losing streak. And they finally did it. Well, it's so. a bear. I mean, the Red Sox are just taking it to them anymore, too. Yeah, eight so. eight and one this year against the uh, New York Yankees. As Seiya Suzuki just hit a solo homer to go up for nothing. Boom, diggity. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, did you hear what uh, the Orioles owner, who's an idiot, we talked about this last week, John Angelos said. He said. Um, Let's say we sat down and showed you the financials for the Orioles. You will click, quickly see that when people talk about giving this player two hundred million, that player one hundred fifty million, we would be so financially underwater that we would have to raise the prices massively. So he's he's already preparing Orioles fans. These guys are so far off, like six years off from even being free agents, and he's already preparing them that prices are going to skyrocket. So this guy's this guy's an idiot. I, I don't kinda, know what his deal is. Didn't I kind of say that? Like it'll be interesting to see how they like, can handle success, like the like the Royals. Yep. And we're already seeing the owners probably not going to let that happen. Yep. We are out of time, so hit me with that birdie bogey. Yes, I gotta go find it since this is kind of a detailed question. Twelve players have hit forty or more home runs in the, in at least six seasons. Uh, six are in the Hall of Fame, and five others would be, but aren't because of steroids or aren't eligible yet. Like Albert Pujols isn't eligible yet. Name the player who has hit 40 plus at least six times is eligible, but is not a Hall of Famer. Oh man, is it Big Donkey Adam Dunn? You got a birdie, my friend. Yes. You know who I guessed? Carlos Delgado was my guess. That's, that's a really good guess. The crazy thing is, uh, and why it put Adam Dunn in my brain is I saw a stat from him today. And it was like he, he went 44, 44, 40, 40, 38, 38. Like, so that, that Great timing. Me. Yeah. Thanks for watching. We'll be back at our next Monday with our Big Ten preview.